OTP GAA. One of the fathers was mentioning the cows at half six or seven on the, on the, on the Monday morning. They started crying that we'll just have to win in the county final yesterday. Subscribe to the OTP GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky, the Premier League is back. Watch every live game for the rest of the season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. Now you're welcome back. So, my last football show before Christmas, last football guest of the pre-Christmas year I'm going to talk to is Mr. Graham Hunter. Hello. Joseph, I'll be your Mary. <laughs> Hello. And Philly's Navi Dad to you, baby. You too. I'm not sure who Jesus is, but we'll press on for the time being. Yeah, I skipped that one deliberately. <laughs> uh, you're in Scotland, from Doha to Scotland. I am, thank the Lord, yeah. A 95, 96 degree temperature change. Hmm. But it's, it's, good, it's good to be home, even though the, the vagaries of how my beloved Aberdeen playing right now is something that's going to deave me as much as having to be in Qatar for a World Cup. And, and that's saying something. Indeed. As an aside, do you come home with a thirst to dive straight back into football and watch more Scottish Premier League, La Liga? Give it to me. I don't want to break. You you do. You do. I I, I sometimes feel a little bit different at the end of a long season and you hit that, you know, the summer period where you go, particularly if there's qualifying or or uh, there are finals in a summer and it's it's felt like a draining, mentally, physically, creatively, but it's felt like a draining summer and you put a lot of effort in and stress in and, and you've if you if you feel you've invested a lot of all your professional skills by the time the end of a tournament or the end of june comes you think ah lovely yeah some sort of break just to fire the imagination again just to not to switch off but to to recharge the batteries to hit the gym all that kind of rubbish and it takes me literally about seven days to go what am i going to do when is the football back on again can i see friendlies is it really true that there are matches in Norway and Finland right now? And it, at this moment, I didn't feel like that needing to to unplug or anything like that. I, by the time Spain were knocked out of the World Cup, I was I was sick to the back teeth of feeling as if a good project had gone a little bit sour. And yeah, getting back here to, to see Aberdeen, I didn't manage to see the Celtic game, but I did manage to see the Rangers game. And now, you know, the, right around the corner in Spain, our matches on the 29th and the Cup and the Spanish Super Cup. January is going to be, I, I think, a month like none of us have ever seen before. Right. I, that's fine. I haven't even given too much thought to it all, so we'll, we'll watch it unfold. So at every turn for the last 12 years, uh, both in the way this World Cup was bought and I suppose sold by extension, bought and sold, and then yeah, yeah. all the build-up and all the needless awfulness in the interim, uh, I'm, I'm starting to question karma because uh, Qatar FIFA here landed just about the best World Cup I can remember in a very long time. Yeah, I bitterly resent the, the fact that that's true. You know, the the I, I don't wish to be repetitive, but I have truths that I, I'm willing to stick to in that I, I'd been to Qatar twice before the World Cup, both to work with Xavi. And one of the things he said resonated with me strongly he wasn't defending because I wasn't attacking him for taking their money or being an ambassador. I was asking him, how is it possible that he could feel not only satisfied in Qatar, beyond the fact that he was doing good coaching work, but but happy 
He said, look, um, working with the Aspire Academy is working with elite people. The minds there, the majority of which were Spanish. But he said, one of the things I'm doing is that outside my coaching and outside the fact that I've got a young you know, baby in the house and it's a, it's a brilliant family time, I'm coming back here for extra. So working with um, kids from the community in Doha, they, they don't have to be Qataris. But he said, there's a big obesity problem. And it's fantastic that you can run coaching courses. And I develop my coaching skills and my English, whereas people who are not going to come anywhere near professional football can learn the value of teamwork, of coordination, of, of getting fit, about diet, stuff like that. And that's fine. In general, he felt that developing the quality of the leagues in Qatar was something that was noticeably happening. And that just like the parabola with the MLS, where for a while the MLS went to hire pros who, who were not looking for a holiday, but they were generally 36, 37, and they went to stroke the ball around rather than to be running around the pitches all over North America. And, and rather than understanding that they were going to be on four or five-hour flights and training camps all the time, they kind of thought this is a, a nice cherry on the icing. Qatar was that for a while, and it no longer is that. I don't resent um, the, the vast majority of people who live in that country because the vast majority of them are from India or Pakistan or Bangladesh or a, a, a rainbow assortment of nations around the world. And I, I'm perfectly happy that football blesses that country or other parts of the region with all the benefits that we know that it's got and that they should they can dream and they can have magic, but not the way the thing was stolen, not, not the way that the, the World Cup was bought. It, it, it wasn't right that the World Cup was there. And now, as you point out, tournament-wise, you know, you stated it slightly differently than I feel that you saw it as the best tournament you could remember. Fine, okay. I think there's very little doubt that few of us, I, I never saw the miracle of Bern. Few of us can remember a, a single better World Cup game than the final. Never mind, is it is it the best final in our living memory, which it, it most categorically was. Yeah. The fact that those people who... who brought the World Cup to that country in the manner they did and then immediately switched it from a summer tournament to a winter tournament. The fact that our professional players, who don't just earn you and me a living, but like the dreams of people that are off the ball listeners, all across Europe, no matter who you support, if they were a World Cup player, they're going to be doubly burdened. If they're just a player who's had to compete in the Champions League and had to finish on November 6th instead of December 6th, people are being footballers and coaches and physios, it doesn't matter who in the industry, are being asked to do more than they should be. They're being pushed, they're being squeezed, they're being treated like, you know, commodities and nothing else, simply so that this that this rogue World Cup could be shifted from summer to winter. Just it was disgraceful. And you're right. And and yet, Kismet, whatever it was, fate it, they got the they got the, the it'll be called that Qatar final, that final mm. forever, ever more, Joe. It's it doesn't seem right. Mm. As a matter of interest, because I mean, you're, you're such a football lover and you've seen more than me. What is your, uh, what would you regard as the best World Cup on a footballing level that you've seen? Well, because I went there and lived it, I thought 82 was just extraordinary. I spent a month in the country, the way in which the an emerging nation, which had been a dictatorship only six years before, came to terms with vast influxes of, of people. I, you know, as as just about everybody who's ever heard me talk knows, my, my best pal Graham Runcie and I were there courtesy of Alex Ferguson, who was looking after us. And 
giving us tickets and blah, blah, blah. Joe Jordan and Gordon McQueen won Scotland, were knocked out, stayed on in the Costa del Sol with their wives. And because Joe was so linked to AC Milan, Gordon McQueen and Joe Jordan got tickets for the final, which was Italy West Germany. And they watched it. Italy won. They went out on the lash that night. They were traveling back to the Costa del Sol from Madrid airport. And they were nursing <clears throat> hangovers. And Joe was lying on a bench in the bottom floor of Baracas airport. And a partially made bit of the first floor gave way when a little toddler who was about three was was wandering around, came through the barriers, dropped down and and literally dropped onto Joe's belly. And 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 that saved his life. That that will stay with me. That anecdote from Joe Jordan will stay with me forever. The, the 82 World Cup for me also provided stuff that's lasted us, you know, since then as, you know, burnishing image of, of the way that football should be played by Rossi, by the, that Italy-Brazil match, the way that the, the disgusting Schumacher attack on Battistone in the semi-final, Trezor's goal in the heat of Seville, plus, you know, Tardelli and the way in which the, the Italians stripped West Germany down it. I'll never forget that tournament. I'll never forget Scotland's part in it. The, you know, you see England's goal in Bilbao against France replayed time and time again. It was flawed if you listen back to what was going on behind the scenes, but that would have been just about my benchmark, apart from having worked at 2010. And when you go cheek by jowl with a squad who win it, mm. that's a life-changing experience. But that's a slightly different question than you asked about the tournament. So from my taste, it was 82 to beat. Mm. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Uh, on Spain. So, because life is life and you can't watch every game, I missed their exit. I missed their exit. But here yeah. is what every single person who loves football and who I, I, I see and I've talked to football has told me about that game. And you can give me the... the True, you, you, the veracity test. Uh, the refrain I've had from everybody is uh, Spain, with their thousand passes and no shots, descended into a parody of themselves and a parody of Tiki Taka, and they deserved what they got. That is like the uncharitable uh, version I've had from people who love their football and watch that game. What was your sense of Spain? No, it's not uncharitable at all. Just let's discard the word Tiki Taka. It's a rubbish word made up by a basketball commentator and it means nothing, and <laughs> I just don't like it. Um, before the tournament, when I was talking about them, my two watchwords were they lack fight and they lack nastiness, hardness. If you think about every champion across the... I mean, your your coverage of sport on off the ball is as wide-ranging as anything I've ever heard in any of the countries I've lived in or worked in or travelled to. And therefore, you can compare with... with boxing or, or baseball or horse racing or GAA or I don't care what. And there's there's brutal, hard, sometimes nastiness in most champions and certainly most groups who need to be a champion. And Spain, from the outset, didn't have that yet. It might come, but that was a problem. And so was the bite, that that decisive ability to just smash an opponent, whether you're doing well, whether you're doing badly, whether they give you a gap or they don't give you a gap. Spain missed that. Now, when you miss that in any sport, when you don't have, when you are when you have a blunt edge, it doesn't matter about all the other things you do brilliantly, that will that will eventually ruin you. Yeah. And and therefore, I don't, I don't agree with it being a parody of themselves. 
apart from how you know a gifted wordsmith might want to describe them but they weren't doing it to to it's 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 brilliant to make a thousand passes in the game and not score they just didn't have the outlet the movement and the daring to say there's a killer pass and if you go back and look at 2010 when they won the world cup never mind 12 and 8 when they won the euros they they hit the post and then converted when a penalty was saved it, it didn't slap them in the face they lost the first game and they came they 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 subsequently told stories of of needing brown trousers on the way to the Honduras game, Joe. Mm, Honduras, mm, mm. because they had none of them ever felt so nervous in their life, yet they won it. David Villa was provoked by, I'm sorry, I forget the Honduras player who was at Celtic at the time, and stamped in his foot and the referee missed it. On and on and on. Paraguay get a, a penalty, and, and big Pippi Reina shouts up, jumps up and says to Iker, I know, I've played this guy, it's going that way, Iker dives that way, blah, blah. Spain had none of those things, neither the destiny will fall our way or it's our turn or we know how to take destiny in our own hands and, and, and open Morocco up even though there seems no way through. There seemed no way through against Portugal, there seemed no way through against Paraguay in the games that cost Spain most when they lifted the tournament. And therefore, it was it magnified the fact that Ansu Fati wasn't yet back on form and Luis Enrique didn't trust him. It it, it, it was vital that Mikel Oyarzabal, and this might sound like Martian tongue to you, because Mikel Oyarzabal is not regarded as one of Europe's greats. But if you look at his distribution against the European champions um, in the Nations League semi-final, the Italy that had beaten Spain only a couple of months before, the fact that he sets up two goals for Ferran Torres, and then the final against the world champions, France, in San Siro last November, or Thabal is the one who scores. He wasn't fit. He wasn't able. His knee ligament injury ruled him out. Little things like Gerard Moreno, a guy that, okay, um, Luis Enrique doesn't love him, but during Villarreal's run to Europa League, lifting the title, um, the way in which he played against Chelsea and Belfast in the Super Cup, um, the fact that he was part of a squad that took Villarreal last season to the Champions League final, again, not available. These things begin to give you that death by a thousand cuts feeling. And therefore, the Morocco game, where it was frustrating, deeply frustrating, and they didn't threaten Bono nearly enough. And then the penalties were... I mean, if you, did you see um, the penalties when Japan went out against Croatia? Mm, yeah. Where If you saw that, you'll understand what I mean. That There were a couple of takers there where the ball barely reached the line. You're like, how, how is that feasible? And then Busquets did the same. Mm. So, um, Joe... Where I'll argue, although you haven't put them in the dock, I know you haven't yet, where I will argue is that there's not a massive amount wrong with Spanish international football when over the last two years, they've inflicted Die Mannschaft's Germany's record defeat by any opponent, 6-0. They've reached the final of the Nations League, the semi-final of the Europa League. They've won silver at the Olympics and they've qualified for this season's final four in the Nations League again. The World Cup was a disastrous letdown. And to go from the exuberance of, of really slapping Costa Rica about and then playing quite well against Germany and then the gas going out of them all together, that tells you a lot about character and mentality. And there are a lot of footballers in that squad who didn't punch their weight, but who can do, who will do again. And in my opinion, with the new coach, uh, I don't think it's far off evens that Spain win the Nations League in June in Holland. And with certain changes, new players, 
players promoted, players who should have been there, Zubi Mendy, Merino, Ceballos, and Sufati fit again. Oyarzabal back in the squad. I think they'll give every nation a decent run in Germany, given that they qualify, which I think they will. Very fair answer. Uh, last question. So, yeah. rightly or wrongly, and we don't have, we don't have time to tease this part out, but rightly or wrongly, the '86 team are remembered as an average team in the extreme when it comes to winning World Cups, carried on the back of a left-footed genius. So, how will we remember 2022 Argentina? People will argue fate, kismet. He merited it. I'm not having any of that. That's a load of rubbish. I think we will remember Argentina winning this World Cup as a World Cup that they merited, that they deserved, that they had to fight for, and that they had to give a build a platform for an aging genius to have his greatest moment. But this wasn't Messi's World Cup. This was Argentina's World Cup, mm. counting in Scaloni, Emi Martinez. This was the ultimate team victory. The difference is the team found a way to make their aging genius lift the trophy. Yes, I think that's very fair. Yeah. Whereas uh, Mexico was the genius dragging the others along a touch more, a good, good deal more. I, I know. I, I mean, we haven't got time and yeah. I'm a reactionary. I hate it when people say in comparison Maradona Messi throughout the last Ah, uh, since 2003, four, since we've been talking about it, Maradona won it on his own. Did he? Bollocks. <laughs> look at that team. And if you look at how little he featured in the final against mm. Germany until he reaches, releases Burachaga for the goal, <laughs> there was a good element of team triumph there too. But Maradona was in his pomp. He was powerful. He was proud. He was strutting. And, and Messi looked like a different figure. Maybe always has done, Joe. But yeah, it's it's easier to remember 86 as Maradona's trophy. Mm. Have a lovely Christmas. You too, baby. Take care. Graham Hunter. Feliz Navidad. Indeed. Graham Hunter with us on the line. So our football show coverage is as ever with thanks to Sky. You can watch Man City Liverpool tomorrow in the Carabao Cup live on Sky Sports. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland Women's National Football Team This is News Talk